Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. All right, Doc, you know what time it is. We're going live in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody. Annabelle, I think you got some uh, exciting news to share that we never say on any of our podcasts. It's the first time you're hearing it, guys. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Rate the podcast. Love the podcast. I feel like we should have been telling people this like the whole time, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they don't know about it, but now they do. All right. What are we talking about today, Annabelle? We're busting some more myths over here, guys. Today's myth is don't lift more than 10 pounds. Yes. So this one might not be as much of like a fitness myth. If you know what I'm saying, like in terms of something like, something you see, right? Yeah, like this is something more that maybe in terms of healthcare or more of that side of things, you might be hearing more of like, don't lift more than 10 pounds. You might not hear that like actually at the gym. Does that make sense? Like this is, uh, yeah, because it, it applies to something and we'll get into more of that <laughs> here in a moment. Yeah. So this, um, if you haven't heard this one before, you know, you might hopefully never hear this from your doctor, but you might. And I do want to have a little a little disclaimer before we actually get into some content here. Okay, so number one, now and forever, we are not responsible for your choices or actions. Okay, <laughs> you're grown ups here. You're grown ups, and if you're not a grown up, you're. I'm still not responsible for you. So yeah. <laughs> whatever you choose to do, it is not on us. Okay, always consult with your MD or your medical doctor, your PCP, whoever's in charge of your health, always consult with them. <clears throat> Second, I am not trying to undermine any MDs out there, your own including, or their authority. Okay, I'm just giving my experience, and I'm backing it up with some research. That's a DPT. He still has a D in there, guys. So you can listen to him. He's a doctor. A little D, not a big D. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're going to bust some myths about don't lift more than 10 pounds because I hear this a lot in the clinic. And uh, yeah, let's just dive on in because there, there's some there's some interesting stuff here. And side note, both Annabelle and I have sinus infections right now. So if we sound, you know, maybe raspier than usual. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> don't get too turned on. All right. So the history. All right. The history here. So um I scoured and maybe you know, if, if any of viewers out there can find it, <coughs> please like let us know here. I couldn't find any source or origin or, on where this magical number of 10 and 10 pounds came from that you hear when doctors say don't lift more than 10 pounds. Um, couldn't find it. Not sure where it came from. Uh, so if anyone out there does have a source or origin of where it started, let us know. Yeah. We, yeah, we'd love to know. But Annabelle and I have some thoughts on where this came from. Okay? A long, long time ago. Many moons. In a galaxy far, <laughs> far, far, far away. away. <laughs> um, so yeah. one thing that we're kind of thinking of is, well, you know, no one knows the exact weight that will tear or rupture, you know, a suture or an incision. And this is, we're talking more of like, post-surgical here yeah <clears throat> um so no one knows that exact weight 
So it was probably like just agreed upon like, well, 10 pounds isn't going to hurt anything. So let's just start. Let's just tell people that like it's a conservative number. Yeah, it was like a catch all for everyone. A catch all for everyone. Yeah. So, you know, because, again, no one really knows that number because no one really wants to know. Like, I know I just sewed you up, but now let's put some weight on there and see what's going to tear that open. <laughs> so I think 10 pounds was kind of like, yeah, it's not going to hurt anything because it does range. I've heard eight. I've heard up to 15. Um, but 10 is always kind of that, mm-hmm. that go to number. So I think it's a uh, number one. It's a safe, um, conservative. Yeah. Um, another thing I think, and this is uh, <laughs> this is just kind of funny. I think some people just need to be told what to do, or they won't do it. Yeah, especially <coughs> after like a procedure that they just had done. Yeah, sometimes just saying, giving somebody a hard fast number, um, people just need to be told what to do instead of like you figure it out. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I think that's I think that's another reason kind of where this might have come from. Uh, And here's a big one. I think this is I think this third one is probably I don't know if it's the most important, but it could be the most important to the MD is litigation. You know, Um, do you want I I, I pulled up the number here and I I forgot the year that this was. So it might be more now. It probably is more now. do you want to know what the medical liability system cost in the U.S. last year? Tell me. If you had to guess, what do you think? It's probably at least in the millions. It was $55 billion annually. Oh, it was a B. With a B. Oof. Billion. $55 billion was the cost for medical liability um, <sighs> insurance and all that kind of stuff. So I think... We don't even need to go down the rabbit hole of people being so happy and, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I don't want to talk about that. But I think another thing is, hey, if I tell people 10 pounds and we know it's pretty conservative and I know they're going to probably listen to it, it's probably going to save our butts. Yeah. So um, there's probably some background to all this. And they typically tell you to not to lift 10 pounds what's it, for like two, three weeks post-surgery? Uh, well, depending on what it is, it could be like four to six. Okay. Um, so I think, so we're about to talk about surgical and non-surgical. So, mm-hmm. um, and we're, we at the very end of the podcast, we have some recommendations that way. If you stay tuned to the end, we give you some pretty good recommendations to follow again. Remember the disclaimer I said, um, so I think some of these things are, is, isn't the worst thing in the world for people who just had surgery. Um, because again, they need to be told what to do. Um, we don't want to rupture anything. But I think some of the time <coughs> that mindset, that 10 pounds then becomes like a way that even after their tissue is healed is kind of what's in the back of their mind. And so that's one thing that I kind of want to break to today is if you're on the surgical side of things, we're going to talk about tissue healing and things that you can expect after your tissue is healed and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to be afraid of a 10 pound dumbbell. Yeah. No. You don't want to be afraid of a 10-pound dumbbell. That's right, Annabelle. Hey, what if it's just like walking around your house? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about non-surgical first, okay? So we just talked about some of those things, and those really more apply to surgical. If we're talking about non-surgical, meaning like maybe you just kind of you hurt your shoulder, you're in some pain, or you hurt your back. Mm-hmm. And again, previous podcast we talked about injury is not the same thing. doesn't always have to be the same thing as pain, and pain doesn't have to always be the same thing as injury. 
Um, so let's just say you have pain in your low back. You go to the doctor and they're like, hey, don't lift more than 10 pounds. Okay, this is pretty much BS. <laughs> I know, don't. If you are non-surgical, don't lift more than 10 pounds is pretty much bull crap. And here, why? And, and here's why. So you know that old saying, I don't even know if it's an old saying. It's a saying that I've said, I don't know where I got it from, that you can't go wrong getting strong. Have you heard Have you heard that oh, before? Oh, no, but I like that one. <clears throat> yeah, so a, l- a lot of times in physical therapy, we'll, I'll tell my patients like, hey, we need the surrounding muscles around these joints. We need this area. We need to get it strong. And you can't go wrong getting strong. Like it's going to just make everything better and we're going to scale it. So how do we get strong, Hannibal? This is Father Hogue exclusive. No. (laughs) No, how do you get strong? Oh, no, I meant your comment that you made. I like that. You can't go wrong getting strong. Yeah, but how do you get strong? Uh, Progressive overload. Okay. So how can you progress over 10 pounds if you're told not to lift more than 10 pounds? It's very hard. (laughs) It's impossible. You can't. So why would we limit the amount of weight that should be lifted to get strong, to get out of pain, and to protect our joints and our back and whatever? That's that's crap. I mean, it could be misunderstanding in the way the muscles work. Yeah, too. It, and you know, and I do want to give you know some grace out there to some some MDs if they have been saying this. Maybe they're maybe they're saying it, but saying it with some stipulations and the, all the patient heard maybe was don't live more than 10 pounds. And it wasn't like, you know, don't live more than 10 pounds for a week. I don't know. Maybe there's some other things on there, but when patients come to us and they're like, my doctor said, I can't lift more than 10 pounds. And I'm like, but like, why did he or she initially say it? Cause like, there is a, you're, <clears throat> you're all right. There may have been a reason. Maybe it was don't, don't lift more than 10 pounds until you can do X, Y, or Z or, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, and that, but that's not what we get when they come to us. And this is something else that we get too is um, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've heard this. My doctor said this is the worst x-ray I have ever seen. <laughs> I've heard that from hundreds of patients. So how in the world can that be true if so many people are telling you? If they're you, all terrible. If they're yeah. all terrible, how can it be the worst? You know, someone, <laughs> someone's got to be second to worst at least. <laughs> Um, but what this does and why I'm passionately talking about this is because we get a lot of patients that come in that will say things like, it's the word, it's bone on bone. It's the worst x-ray they've ever seen. They said I shouldn't lift more than 10 pounds. And again, we're talking non-surgical here. And what this leads to is a condition. It's called kinesiophobia, which is a fear of movements, a fear of movement or movements, whatever. Um, so I, I pulled up a study here and, um, hmm. <coughs> I'm just going to quote from the study cause it, it was really good. So kinesiophobia or the sphere of movements in which a patient has excessive, irrational and debilitating fear of physical movement and activity resulting from a feeling of vulnerability to pain or re-injury. And what they also found is this leads to worsened disability and increasing pain sensation. In a sense, you're you're teaching somebody to avoid something. There are, I mean, a lot of things weigh over 10 pounds. Let's say you have kids. That's a great point, Annabelle. It's going to weigh more than 10. I mean, 
<clears throat> very quickly it's going to be way more than 10,000. Exactly. This type of mentality, um, you're fearing the one thing that's going to help you. The movement is going to help you. The weight is going to help you. And what happens is we get so many people that come in and they're, 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 they're pretty much scared to move. And we have to start with just simple exercise. Like what these people are capable of is so much more, but we have to start from almost below zero. Mm. Um, like we just have to get them moving again. Like try and find but some like bands even lower than body weight. Like I'm talking like, like gravity eliminated. Like, Oh wow. So like you can like lay on your side and move your, I can show you this later, but you can lay on your side and move your shoulder where it's gravity doesn't affect it as much as if you were standing mm-hmm. and even like stuff like that. We'll, we'll do gravity eliminated or like laying on your back just to introduce some movement. And this 100% leads to bad outcomes in terms of ever getting better. And like they said, worse than disability and increasing their sensation of pain. Well, I mean, it's kind of why we wanted to do this, this series of myths busting is because they will, will shape the way you, you view health and fitness. And in this case, if you're avoiding 10 pounds, your body's going to naturally, I mean, it does already, but it's going to get weaker and weaker as the years go on. We, I mean, I won't say any names or anything like that because of uh, the HIPAA, HIPAA and everything, but we had a, a younger, a younger lady that, um, was told she had a bulging disc and it was the worst they'd ever seen at this age. And that this person should not do, like, shouldn't lift weights or exercise again. And the crazy thing was, was the bulging disc was on the opposite side of her pain. So the bulging disc was on her right side and a few levels above where her pain was on the left side, a few lower levels below. Like, she wasn't even having pain where the disc was. Um, Mm. Now, could there still be referral, you know, potentially? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the odds of that bulging disc actually causing her pain was actually probably lower. It was probably other things going on, but it was, it took a lot to get her moving again. And eventually like, lifting. honestly, you're not even doing physical work. You're doing a lot of mental work with her too. Uh, a lot of times that's positive reinforcement, you know, like telling the mindset of how to view that. Exactly. Um, because what kinesiophobia leads to other than, worse outcomes and disability and pain <clears throat> it can lead to what's called pain catastrophizing okay so this is this can be a vicious cycle so again i'm going to just quote from another study that uh you know researched and talked about pain catastrophizing <clears throat> this is characterized by the tendency to magnify the threat value of a pain stimulus and to feel helpless in the presence of pain as well as by a relative inability to prevent or inhibit pain-related thoughts in an in anticipation of, during, or following a painful event. Okay, so there are three things that were said there. Number one, they start to magnify their pain. Okay, so you'll hear things like, I'm afraid that something serious might happen, or something worse might happen, or I might re-injure myself, and that pain starts to magnify, it starts to grow. People then start to ruminate about their pain. I can't stop thinking about how much it hurts, like how much it's affecting me doing this and how much it's affecting me doing that, which then leads to the third thing, the feeling of helplessness. There's nothing I can do to reduce the intensity of my pain. So when we get patients that come in that have kinesiophobia and their pain catastrophizing, it is really hard to get them better, even if it's a simple musculoskeletal injury, because now we've got, we got the mind involved, we got the nerves involved, it's more than just like a stimulus, uh, some sort of 
um, maybe like biomechanical damage or mm-hmm. something. Now we got all systems on board and it's really hard to get good outcomes when you have these type of things going on. No, it just makes me think about how while we try to empower people and show them really what's going on. The minds, <coughs> I love a lot of the mind psychology because it really impacts everything else. It does. And to your point, you are blowing things in your mind. So it's like you're weighing the risk and reward. And you're like, oh, well, I don't even want to start lifting because it's going to make my back pain 10 times worse. It's going to make ets 10 times worse. Even though you're not really looking at the opposite side. Okay, well, let, let's play this out. Let's say I don't lift anything past these 10 pounds for the rest of my life. Because you can go down there, right? You see right. these two paths. But you, don't, you mostly just play out the one on the right even though you don't <coughs> really understand it all. Right. You feel like you understand the one on the left, which is don't lift more than 10 pounds. Yeah. Even though that's the one that's most likely going to lead you to way worse results. Exactly. In the long run. Definitely not getting better. Yeah, you're not going to get better. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that we're trying to, to uh, like bust the myth here is that we don't want to become fearful of movement. We actually want to learn to enjoy movement and start to see exercise as medicine that movement is medicine. And that is, and that if we can get our minds around that, it can help to like decrease, like where we're not magnifying our pain. We're not thinking about our pain. We don't feel helpless about our pain. It's helping you, not hurting you. And yes, we're not saying go out there and live excessive amount of weight. You need to know yourself where you're at, at that moment. And then slowly progress. Stay tuned to the end. We'll give you some recommendations on what to do for non-surgical pain. If you don't need to, you know, if they're told not to lift more than 10 pounds, what should you do? Okay. Now the the surgical. Okay. This is the one where, again, I just want to tell you about tissue healing. Okay. Because with surgical, they have obviously repaired something. Um, they've had to most likely open up your body skin. So even though they're getting better at, you know, not having to leave as big of, uh, incisions and all that stuff because of all the uh, computers and machines and all that kind of stuff. But I want to tell you about normal tissue healing. Okay. Those are with people with minimal to no comorbidities. Okay. So if you have, if you're a smoker, you have diabetes, stuff like that, it's going to do two to three times your tissue healing. So it'll take longer to heal. So Mm. we don't want that. Okay. So if we're looking at tendon, okay. So a tendon rupture, there's different grades. Sometimes that needs surgery. (coughs) the average time you can expect to heal is six months. Okay. For full tissue healing. Now within about five to six weeks, uh, like after that tendon has been ruptured and you've had surgery, you'll be able to actually start loading that tendon again. Within that first five to six weeks, that's where you don't, you want to lay, hang, you know, lay low. You'll probably be in a sling, you know, stuff like that where you're not, um, you're not using it very much or letting things heal. But after that six week mark, then you're starting to, you can able to load that tendon. And then from about week six to about six months, you are slowly loading the tendon so that it, it heals properly. But within six months, that tendon's good to go. That is the, that is the normal tissue healing from somewhere about six weeks to six months. That tendon will be good to go. Um, so after the first six weeks, you're kind of just recovering <coughs> After that, you can sl- slowly start 
integrating some more movement. Yes. Now, again, it also depends on the tendon. When I was thinking of that, I was thinking of like the rotator cuff, like in the shoulder. Mm -hmm. But if it's like uh, your quad or patellar tendon, which is down in the leg, that might take a little bit longer and slower loading because it's more of a weight bearing muscle because obviously you're on your legs versus Mm -hmm. being on your arms. Um, Usually doctors have protocols for that. But what I'm saying with this is if you know the tissue healing for tendons, you can start to feel more comfortable. You can start to feel a little bit more safe that that tendon is going to hold and we're just going to slowly kind of load the tendon until we get back to normal. Um, Things like muscle. So let's say some sort of grade. um, So there's different grades, like one, two, and three grades. Let's go with the worst grade. Grade three is the worst type of... um, Is that a full muscle tear? Full muscle tear. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's going to be about the same as a tendon, about six weeks to six months for for it to be fully healed. Um, now if it's like a lower grade, you know, what we saw like a pull muscle, like a grade one is like you pulled your hamstring, you pulled your quad, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a grade one tear. Um, about a month, month, you'll be 100% ready to go, but you could be feeling better within a week or two. Um, so just knowing these type of things. And then of course, things like bone, um, you're looking at about two to three months, uh, at least a month or two in a cast and about another month for it to be kind of fully back to normal but guys your tissue is going to heal okay your tissue is going to heal especially if you're again normal healing uh for a normal person it's going to heal uh ligament takes a little bit longer that can take up to the year plus um but those are some we can post this chart maybe um in the show notes yeah that way people can kind of take a look and and just kind of see that the body was made to heal the body was made to heal it's beautiful. <clears throat> Very beautiful. Um, okay, so we got some recommendations. So surgical recommendations, since we we're just talking about that. If you're surgical, my advice, uh, recommendations is follow your MD's precautions, okay? But just know that the lifting restrictions is, is, are very conservative. Make sure you understand tissue healing. Look at that chart. And maybe a better limit would be is don't lift anything that feels too heavy. Don't lift anything that feels heavy. Yeah. I mean, if, if your kid doesn't feel heavy... It's probably not gonna probably not gonna hurt it. I know. Again, listen to your MD's advice, but I'm just saying, I'm trying to give us more of a resilient mind. Mm-hmm. Our bodies aren't fragile. Our bodies are more resilient. Um, so that would that would be my recommendations: is just know they're conservative, don't lift anything that feels too heavy, and know your tissue healing. So talk to your doctor about that. Talk to your physical therapist. Look at this chart. Message us. Whatever. Uh, number two is again allow for that proper tissue healing like we talked about. And then once proper tissue healing has occurred, follow the rules of progressive overload, start light and start building up. It's a tendon. It's going to heal. It's a bone. It's going to heal. It's a muscle. It's going to heal. Once you know you're in that safe spot to start loading progressive overload, start loading that tendon up. I literally had a, a um, 19 year old um, female with an ACL tear. She was deadlifting her body weight by, oh man, when was that? It was about six to eight weeks maybe after her uh, surgery. Wow. So, because at the three-month mark, you know, over two months, you're wanting to get a little bit more into some, you know, dynamic kind of stuff. But yeah, I said, you can't do that until you can deadlift your body weight. She deadlifted her body weight. We built up progressive overload. It works. It works. (laughs) Um. Okay, so non-surgical injuries. You guys remember episode seven? What was that episode, Annabelle? 
It's one of our favorite ones. Peace, love, and thunder. Peace, love, and thunder. If you are non-surgical, throw that crap out the window. It's not the worst x-ray they've ever seen. Lift more than 10 pounds. Follow the advice of Peace, Love, and Thunder, Episode 7. Go check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. And then uh, check out uh, your local physical therapist, too. Don't, uh, don't, sleep on, don't sleep on your local physical therapist. Don't sleep on the DPTs. That's right. And if you're in Chattanooga, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a car salesman. Don't you leave until you see me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just trying to reshape your mind around all of this. And honestly, start your journey. Don't don't be afraid. It's actually going to help you in the long run. You know, that's a good point, Annabelle, because a lot of people want to get started on the journey after a surgery. They're like, man, I realize I need to really get back in shape, but I've had the surgery, so I can't. Guys, you can. Things are going to heal progressively overload. It's going to get back to normal. Yeah. So your body's not fragile. You got anything else, Annabelle? That's all I got, Doc. Okay. Well, guys, remember that you are human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. We'll see you guys later. See you guys.